This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. You know how to do it. Go to patreon.com slash Blue Shirts Breakaway. Join the Discord. Get access to BSBOTs and more. Today, support this stupid podcast. Okay, fun podcast today. Have our dear friend Fitz on. Talk about all the agenda. Keandre Miller, Lafreniere, the new boys on the block, the blowout against the Penguins on Friday, and a fun win versus the Buffalo. Fun win versus the Buffalo Sabres. A lot more, so stay tuned. But before all that... If you want to support the podcast, go to Patreon.com. You know exactly what I just said. You get it. You know. But before all that, let's go to Mark Messier, okay? All right. Here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the week of the Bushers Breakaway. I am your host of not the Oscars, Ryan Mead, Bushers Breakaway. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. You get my wife's name <laughs> out, out of your, your fucking mouth. mouth. <laughs> you get it out of your mouth, oh Greg. Unreal. You don't talk who, about Ryan Strom on this podcast. We will who, come get you. Who, who is the player that makes you defend him in that way? It's Kako. It's not close, I think. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I think it's Kako, and I don't think it's close. I thought Benoit Pouliot for me, for sure. Really? The uh, Pouillard, you know, it's, we, we have connections with him. I know. He's a good friend. He is a good friend of the show, that's for sure. Uh, it's probably Kako. I was thinking, it's also probably Ryan Strom, like, a little bit. I feel like every time someone says no. something bad about Ryan Strom, I'm kind of like, no. You're, no. you are the Jada Pinkett in the Ryan Strom relationship. <laughs> you, you, you do not defend Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom defends you, despite everything you do to him. That's true. He, he always proves me wrong. He, that's the entire New York Rangers organization, to be honest. And now he's injured for how long, we don't know. Could be weeks, could be months, could be years. His career could be over, but Gallant says he's fine. So, I guess we have to go with that? Yeah, well, you we know Gallant would never lie to us. Never. No, no. Kako's fine probably next week. What I didn't say was he had hand surgery. <laughs> A wrist surgery will be out in, like, two months. Cool. Very cool. Uh, interesting weekend for the New York Rangers. You probably saw. Pretty fun. Uh lambasted is that what you how well, how do you want to call it out hit out gr- out toughness out grind the pittsburgh penguins and then uh kind of like just skated our way through la- lax lackadaisically versus the buffalo sabers and ended up winning in overtime with the children of who we will talk about with our good friend fitz later in this episode any big 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 takeaways from the weekend because i have a, a couple that i think are a little bit interesting big takeaways not really. I, I I do get the sense that the New York Rangers are very much so playing up or down to their opponent these days, which it's fine and dandy because it means they're going to play the good teams hard. But they, I don't know if they're bored with the teams that they should beat, but it's almost like a clear mentality where twice now they've started the game strong against a team that they know they should beat. And then they're up a couple goals and they just completely take their foot off the gas it's it's like yeah no we should beat these guys so they come out hot in the first 10 minutes and then after that it's just like well we did it there's not any way these guys could come back against us and you know they're still professional hockey players right doesn't really doesn't matter how good or bad their record is or their team is these guys are still you know five percent of the best hockey players to play in the world and you can't just let a professional hockey player do whatever they want to do, especially guys like, you know, Jesper Bratt and um, Jack Hughes, who are good. Yeah. Quite Jack, good. Yeah. They're good. They're definitely good. 
Uh, I, I agree with you. They're definitely playing down to their opponents. Uh, but the Friday night lambasting of the Penguins was magical. The first it was it was two minutes and fourteen seconds, three goals. The Lafreniere deke to score. The Chris Kreider and Mikas of Energy just going absolutely bonkers. And to be honest, Greg, they out hit them. They had, like the Penguins were done with that game as soon as that goal was called off. They were done, and then they scored. Obviously, Igor has the power play situation where he puts the puck out of bounds. And this was, I have to tell you, live was was incredible. He throws the puck clearly into the stance. And you're sitting there like, okay, uh, he's probably not going to do that again. And then he comes back and does it three times in a row. Three times, Greg. He throws it, and he throws a dime right before the blue line, uh, which unfortunately gets broken up by one of the Pittsburgh Penguins players on a two-on-one. But he just does it three times again. It was almost like Igor saying, hey, just remember, I can do this. I know I know. we're probably going to play in the playoffs. It's probably Rangers-Penguins. And just just know, I'm going to do this to you the entire series. So you're going to have to game plan for it because I'm not scared to make this pass. I'm the best goalie in the league. It was super clear he was just letting him hang. It was amazing. Yeah. I don't know what else to say besides Igor is special. Yeah, he's, he is. You're right. He's one, of, he's one of one. I personally haven't seen a goalie like him before and i'm not saying he's the greatest goalie i've ever seen he's you know that that that's not what i'm saying it's just like i don't remember dominic hashik when i was little doing shit like that i don't remember even guys like olaf kozlik doing shit like that i don't remember i mean we all know famously hank didn't want to slash couldn't does not play puck not a thing yeah wasn't wasn't his thing he understood it wasn't his thing and he played his game accordingly but igor is He's just an animal. Nothing's off the table with Igor Shosturkin. No, nothing. Uh, Ryan Strom's injury, no matter how long it is, where do you see the lines? Do you think uh, maybe the future center centerman, Mr. Kopp, takes over in the second line? Or where, where do you think this is heading? I mean, that makes the most sense to me. This is also the exact reason why you make trades like the Rangers have made, right? It's not just to make the fully healthy lineup deeper, which it does. It's purely for this exact happenstance where the New York Rangers couldn't allow a Ryan Strom injury to derail their playoff push. It, 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 they've played too well for too long for them to be undone by one injury. And now, you know, the whole reason you get Andrew Kopp is not just to make your lineup deeper. It's not just to help your penalty kill. It's also to weather the storm when shit like this happens. Now we have no reason as of recording tonight to believe that this injury is long-term, but it wouldn't be the first time the New York Rangers organization, specifically Gerard Gallant, has lied to us in this regard. I think it makes the most sense to put Cop there, mostly because he was the guy that moved up the last two games when the Rangers needed a different look on that second line anyway, right? And he then was, you add in the fact that there were times where Gallant said, you know, he was it's maybe he, they put him to wing. I, I know he said he struggled, there wasn't enough jump in his game, but I think it is the logical response. Yeah, and it, but it's also that's where Cop's been playing, and it you know, I understand we're mixing and matching, or at least we're, we mix and match after losses. When the New York Rangers win, we don't really mix and match that much, which is always interesting. Uh, the experimentation only happens if there's reason to experiment in the eyes of an NHL coach. It, it's isn't it funny though how it's all about experimentation coming off a bad loss to the Devils, then the Rangers play a good game against the Penguins. I, and it wasn't performance-based why we stuck with those lines. This is exactly what I was going to say. I'm so happy you yeah. brought this up. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's hockey stat you know, no, just 
We're not that dumb. We're not that dumb. I'm not saying anybody's being blamed for anything. I'm just saying it's interesting we only experiment after a loss. That's it. Again, I'm not being a negative Nancy because the Rangers are on on one right now. And there's something special with this team. It has been all season long. There's no doubt about it. No one can argue it. But Hockey Statminer posted today, like, what's your playoff game one lineup look like? And I put Lafreniere back on the first line. And everyone's like, hey, we already found the answer. It's Frank the Tank. Like, what? You think after – because Frank had two good games at the first line, he's the answer on the first line? That's not how this works. You can have good outcomes. I don't know if you saw this, but – Dryden Hunt was incredible for like three games with Ryan, Ryan Strome and Panarin. And then all of a sudden, Hunt didn't do shit for two months. That's it, period. End of story, didn't do anything. And then, all of a sudden, after two games, we're like, all right, we found the answer. Frank the Tank is the is the, the first line right winger we've all been looking for. Like, come on, guys. Lafreniere, I know Lafreniere is a left winger. I know that he's more comfortable playing there. But he's been really good with Kreider and Mika as well. And he's he was already on like a six-game point streak. He was four of those points. We're on that first line. I don't see why you wouldn't move him back eventually when Kako comes back, or maybe when you want to mess around with the lines again. It doesn't make sense. We're not. I'm not already steadfast on like just anointing Frank as as this number one line player who couldn't play in Florida before because he's had two good games. Now all the pieces are off to great starts, Greg, but there's no reason to not keep experimenting, just like you said. I also I I know we're having fits on, and it, it you know Fitz and Rob Luker are probably the two leading candidates to say this at this point. Just it's always weird how we we only experiment with one defensive pair. That's it. We're not allowed to touch the others, and we only experiment essentially with the right side of the Rangers forward lineup. That's it. When because yeah, we don't need to experiment with moving Kreider away from Zibanejad. Why would you ever want to do that? You don't need to experiment with moving Panarin away from Strom. Why would you ever want to do that? Come on, we're just not that dumb. I'm sorry, it's that simple. You don't have to call it a punishment, but when the experiment is Alexi Lafreniere in my eyes did something wrong. And he's the one I am specifically moving. It's not experimenting. I know what you're fucking doing. It's not experimenting. It's it's yeah, not. but it's also it worked. I can't sit. I can't sit here. And, well, it's almost like correlation doesn't equal causation, causation. doesn't equal correlation, right? It was the other way around. Where yes, yeah. but try, whatever. If you understand exactly the words that are coming out of my mouth, <laughs> yes, it better not be my wife's name though. Rush hour too. I totally understand mouth. you. That's true. But yeah, it's like. Sure, it's it's easy to say this shit works when Vetrano has three goals and, and Lafreniere has a goal and two assists and everything is hunky-dory. It's all great. Yeah, I, I hate the, oh, I, I'm never questioning Gerard Gallant again. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because the guys he moved scored? Like, okay, let's see. Uh, it That's a small sample size. Anything can happen in a small sample size. It's about consistency. It's why Henrik Lundqvist was one of the greatest goalies of all time because he's consistent. A lot of goalies can have great years. A lot of goalies can have great games. We've seen a million of backup goalies destroy the Rangers over the years. But to have be consistent and to do that night in and night out is what makes you great. Just because Gallant figured out one not, one lineup and also uh, clearly the entire locker room heard the message of beat the hell out of the Penguins and win this game doesn't mean doesn't mean that you shouldn't look at other options. And this Ryan Strom injury could be a little bit of a a minor minor blessing or r- rather the silver lining of the Ryan Strom injury is that you can actually experiment for the first time and maybe figure something else out because we thought with the Ryan Strom out Alexi Lafreniere would finally get that power play one time did not come right, right, right to Andrew Cobb who's clearly been a ranger for many years at this point I don't care I honestly don't care about injury replacements and guys you want to put in spots in game it 
That's fine. I, I'll make a bigger deal of it, I guess, depending on what we see if Strom doesn't play tomorrow night or Tuesday night, depending on when you're listening to this. That I'll make a bigger swing in judgment than on anything. But here, I'll get uh, just to make sure I'm playing both sides. I thought it was the perfectly right decision to play Georgiev on Sunday. Yep. That made all the sense in the world to me. Yeah, I, actually, I would never. I thought he might do it, but then I was like, there's no way he does it. And then he did it. So there you go. It was very simple. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think that Gallant is looking for. Um, I, I don't think he's resting Igor, right? I think there's a difference between trying to keep a dude fresh and trying to give him extended time off. There's the Rangers are in such a nice position right now where they don't need to ride Igor. Like if the Rangers were fourth and chasing teams, I think Igor plays against the Sabers. But the Rangers kind of sitting nice and also. It's something we've said not just this year, but any year. If Alexander Georgiev can't come in and beat the Buffalo Sabres, why do you got him? Why is he here? What's the point? What's the point yeah. of Georgiev? We kept him. If you, don't, if you don't trust your backup goalie to beat a team like the Buffalo Sabres, he's not your backup goalie. He's not an NHL goalie. You just got to move on. That's exactly it. So this week is the Penguins and then a back-to-back with the Red Wings before you get the Islanders on Friday and then the Flyers on Sunday. Uh, quite a stacked schedule, but... I don't like that the Penguins scored 11 goals against Detroit uh, yesterday. Seemingly, we pissed them off. So, uh, I do think – and Malkin is now back. He didn't play on Friday. Yeah, but you gotta, you got to remember the very famous Fred Kaplan line. They didn't save any of the goals for the next one. That's they're, true. They're goaled out. That's true. They're they out. used them all up. And then Igor is right them all there. Up. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. You only get so many goals a week. Someone forgot to tell the Penguins. And we don't – the way we judge weeks in this year household is, uh, you know, we go Saturday to Friday. That's the seven-day stretch I do. So, they, fug- they fudged up. They fudged up real good. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, Penguins, uh, I think the Penguin game's going to be tight, and I think the Rangers can win all three other games this week. Obviously, I, obviously, Gurgev's going to start versus the Red Wings. I would be, there's no way he starts versus Pittsburgh. Obviously, he just started versus Buffalo. And then, uh, I think, you think Igor all, all next three games? Because I kind of do after that as well. So, Islanders, Islanders Flyers, and Rain- and Penguins, Igor starts, Gurgev gives the back-to-back against the Red Wings. That's it. No, I, th- I think Gurgev might get the Islander game. Really? You, yeah, you play the historically good numbers against the Islanders, and also by the letter of the law, the Islanders aren't really a playoff team. They're not really threatening anyone to be a playoff team. So it's another opportunity to give Igor another just day off. Yeah, I, I would say you more start Georgiev on Sunday night versus the Flyers. But again, both these are home games, so I, I know that they like to pref- they prefer to start Igor at home for obvious reasons, right? Fans come to see Igor; it's a big deal. Uh, but. All right. Fine. Do you think we'll they? Do you, do you? I I know they. Now, I, I the legitimately home opener, do think so. Yes, he's he's he must think, see hockey right now. He is. But I don't. I I don't really think that way. I the, usually I when I get like, tagged and stuff like that is Igor playing because I'm going to see him and I totally get it. He's amazing. The people who listen to us for sure are like diehard Ranger fans, but I don't th- like think of the MSG crowd. You're gonna tell me that. There's like at least what forty percent of the MSG crowd that's there for MSG. Friday night was not that. I'll say that it was a, it was a packed MSG playoff crowd. It was that it was not a know. a Friday night just hang out at MSG kind of situation. I don't. I, I get the vibe that Gallant is definitely aware of when he can get Igor significant games in MSG. Right. So like there was no chance Georgiev was going to start on Hank night. There was no chance Georgiev was going to start on the home opener. Like the the the. The flagpole home games, I will say that Gallant is aware 
that he wants Igor Shosturkin in net for those. But I don't think Gallant this time of year is planning out his goalie rotation being like, well, which one of these games is a home game? And I can get Igor that one. That's I just fine. don't, I don't, I don't really see that. I guess that's what I'm pushing back on. That's fine. What have your thoughts been on on uh, all three acquisitions so far? Obviously, we can't really talk about Braun as much because we we did we can talk about him. We talked about him on BSBOT, but he hasn't played since. Uh, so with Cop Frank and then also uh, Supermot sixty four, uh, who I, I've been genuinely enjoying so much. I didn't understand how fast he was. It's kind of like having like Carl Hagelin back in a kind of sort of similar way. A little different though. Definitely a little different. <laughs> I'll say this about Mott. First of all, he's a fucking joy to watch. And it's so fun. He's, he's a, he's another guy where I hope I pray to God that the Rangers never ask him to do more than he's capable of doing. Then again, I don't know. He does have the skill set where it's just like, it's so tempting to see if he can do more, but you do get to a certain point in a player's career where it's, he's just not that guy specifically. And I think we're there with Mott, but being asked to do the thing that he does well, which is forecheck, really play strong on the fourth line, good penalty killer, making something out of nothing with a collection of guys that, you know, you're not necessarily trying to get a whole lot out of. But I'll say this, and I'm not the first to really point this out. I've seen it on Twitter. I apologize to whoever pointed this out first. It is, it's it's stark how... Drury built his fourth line being like, we need to be big. We need to be tough to play against and we need to be a a pain in the ass. And he got two thirds of the way through the season and pivoted to "Never mind, I need my fourth line to be speedsters. I need skill. I need skill at speed quick. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's, it's listen, here's, here's a moment where you got to give Drury some credit. He figured out it wasn't working and adjusted, right? He didn't, stick to his guns he was smart enough and rational enough to be like this isn't quite working my team isn't as complete as it can be right now I need to change the makeup of this bottom six in order for this team to be better and the New York Rangers I they look more offensive I I know that it's been hit or miss in terms of them allowing goals they shouldn't be allowing but when it comes to playing a deeper, more complete style of hockey, you have to give Chris credit, Chris Drury credit for understanding his off-season plan and manifesto was not working. He adjusted on the fly. He's got a completely different look in that bottom six, and now it seems to be bringing life into the one area where this team struggled so mightily, which was five-on-five scoring. And it's finally here. I mean, they, they look like a totally different team, and it also looks like these guys have been here for a while. And I think that's because they know everybody on the Rangers. Like, really, well, they know Jacob Truba. Really they know well. Jacob Truba. No, yeah. Frank was fucking Adam's roommate in USA Hockey. It's like, cool. All right. Yeah, but again, who's who's the guy that they all know brings Jacob everybody together? They all know Jacob Truba. Everybody yeah. knows Jacob President Truba. President GM Jacob Truba. I don't, what does Chris Jury even do here? I don't know. He literally was like, hey, who are your favorite players to play with that I can get for third and fourth round picks? He was like, here's a list of guys I think are good dudes. That was it. And that, that was the entire trade trade deadline for Chris Jury and it keeps like becoming more and more of that it's very strange very strange oh uh, speaking of weird things by MSG let's talk about Adam Fox spotlight cam shall we mm. you don't want to well I think it's very easy to dunk on it I think I'm uh, happy... let's say something nice first well I'm happy MSG took a chance me too I, I, I'm, I'm so tired 
of them doing the same thing over and over again, as opposed to at least trying something new. So I'm not going to dunk on them for trying something new. Now, well, I, what I will criticize them about is you want it to be Adam Fox spotlight night. That's great and good. You don't need to be pulling aside the likes of Ryan Lindgren for a five minute interview to ask him five minutes worth of questions about Adam Fox. Like let the dude be Ryan Lindgren for a little bit. It's not just being like Ryan Lindgren. How's the team looking Ah, We didn't play really well there. All right. That's enough about you. Tell us more about the guy you play with. Who's great. And who we're doing a spotlight night on because we'll never do that with you. Like, I, yeah, that's a little messed come up. Come on. It's a little yeah, messed I up. I don't, I like if, if you wanted to be Adam Fox spotlight night, give me an interview with Adam Fox and then second period intermission. Don't give me a player interview or like interview his family or some shit. I, I got annoyed where it was. They were forcing Adam Fox spotlight night onto the other players. And it's just like, that's too much. I'll also say, Pick and choose your moments to do the Adam Fox spotlight. Dude, when he's just skating backwards and getting on the bench, it's like, what are we doing here? Well, this is this is really boring. And, and it's taking up a lot. Well, it's not team. even that. I just, I don't, the spotlight was distracting when I thought the Rangers were like on the defense, right? When the Rangers were on offense and in the offensive zone, it, it's unfortunate they did spotlight night where they had what? One power play? Yeah. Like that, that is the moment you dream of to have the spotlight situation, right? Because we're all curious to see what Adam Fox does and how Adam Fox just moves without the puck on the power play. So you decided to do spotlight night on um, a night in which you can't really highlight that. But that's also why you don't, uh, you know, don't make it a night. Just do this spotlight cam whenever there's a fucking power play. Just break it out randomly. It's, I'm happy they took a swing. I am not going to criticize it outside of the, you know, player interviews with not Adam Fox about Adam Fox. That shit rubs me wrong, but I I am here for MSG to take as many swings as they possibly can because, again, this is the same network owned by the same guy who didn't feel the need to televise on any of his 27 channels the post-trade deadline press conference with his GM who only talked once this entire year. He did only talk once the entire year. Pretty unbelievable. Pretty unbelievable stuff. Billy Epler farts in the New York media knows how it smells. <laughs> but, I, you know, we, we, we dug on the NHL. It is firmly an MSG thing because Leon Rose has not talked this year. I don't even you, know. You, you I haven't have, seen him. I have no idea what he sounds like. I don't yeah, know. I can't so even it, tell this you what isn't, he looks like. This isn't even a New York media talking point, right? Because, obviously, we know the Mets and Yankees are covered ad nauseum. We understand that. We know more about the Nets mostly through fucking Eric Adams's mayoral office than we do whatever Brooklyn has to say, which is fine. We don't really care what they say anyway. We know everything the Jets and Giants are doing and thinking, hell, we even know what the Jets are trying to do and can't successfully do. So it's this isn't this is less a, a, a statement on how I think the NHL is covered, which we criticize plenty on this year's show, but it it is amazing how we can't do anything about James Dolan and how he wants his media, his organizations to be handled in the media. Because listen, the New York, whatever you think of the New York Knicks beat, whether you like the guys or hate the guys, at least we know those guys aren't pushovers and they usually are able to get sound bites and stories out of the New York Knicks front office. And it's just not fucking happening. And it's by design. So if it's not going to happen in the, on the Knicks side, 
Why would you expect it to happen on the Rangers side? Definitely not happening on the Rangers side. That's yeah, sure. it, like it, it's it's I don't I don't like it's New York. I don't understand. I, it's incredible that this is happening, and this is not just not just that it's happening. That it's almost like a well shucks. Like we 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 tried. There's nothing we can do. So now we've accepted it, and that, that that's crazy to me. It is crazy. Let's get to some five star questions before we get to our guest. Uh, this is from Seamass. Uh, what happens first? Lieber Hayek is off the team, or the under on the first five innings for Degrom start doesn't hit. It's gonna be Hayek because I am oddly confident in this Mets offense. Question mark. Very strange. Especially, I mean, very strange. With, especially with the vaccine mandate now not a thing, right? So at least thirty three percent of the Mets lineup, yeah, including Jacob DeGrom himself. Because that's a, yeah. that's unbelievable they did that. Yeah, 33% of the Mets lineup will now actually be in the lineup, and Jacob DeGrom will be allowed to pitch in home games, and that'll be wonderful. Now, we don't know for sure if DeGrom is unvaccinated. We just know, very curious, that he hasn't said one way or the other. It's interesting. Makes you think, um, sort of situation. But yeah, it'll be Libor, and I guess this is the time to say there is a New York Ranger defenseman who is no longer a New York Ranger defenseman. And I think it's important we bring this up because – it goes back to oh, two things. Tarmo traded to Carolina, if anyone missed it today. Correct. This did two things for me. One, uh, everybody loves their fringe prospects, and we forget that these guys are fringe prospects and will probably never see the ice for the like New York ele- Rangers. The 11th-ranked defenseman in the New York Rangers system, yes. Yeah, so, you know, we, we all love these guys when we need something to love, but more times than not, they go the way of Vinny Letary and Tarmo Runinen than they do anything else. And two... To really grind home my second round picks after pick 50 don't matter. Anybody heard of Latunov before? 54th overall pick in the 2014 draft. Never like, heard of him. Just trade trade these fucking second rounders, especially if you're a playoff team. What are we doing? Uh, this is from episode 29. Seeing as we almost exclusively traded for Truba's best friends, do you think Drury called Truba's mom to find out if Mott, Petrano, and Copper are nice boys? Yes. Like I don't think Drury did anything because I think Jacob Truba made all the trades. I don't. I think Drury's a pawn. <laughs> it's from Dio Ryan. I think Plan A is still to try try and re-sign Strom. If that falters, we go for Plan B, i.e., some trade packet for assets we held on for a two C. What are some names that you think might get thrown around this offseason? We'll talk about these nonstop in the offseason, I promise. But Shifley is definitely one you're going to hear a lot of. All I'll say about this is I don't think signing Strom's plan A anymore. I think that plan's done. Yep. I think I, the Rangers are on to plan B. Couldn't agree with you more, Greg. I think it's already out the door. Uh, yeah, I I think I think this deadline specifically where whether the Rangers wanted to take big swings or not with their picks and whether Tomas Hurdle actually was available and if had he not signed the extension if the Rangers would have made a move for him, notwithstanding, but I I, I think the Rangers went out of their way to not trade their first round pick. Niels Lundqvist, and even Vitaly Kravtsov. And I think there's a reason for that. And it's because they've moved on from trying to secure Ryan Strom for a manageable number. This is from David. What is a higher chance of happening? Vitaly Kravtsov plays another game for the Rangers or Malkin signs with the Rangers in the offseason? Well, let's see. Uh, The Kravtsov thing is 0%. So all I need to do is be able to convince myself that there's a 2% chance Evgeny Malkin could sign with the Rangers. I... I'll put Kravtsov at like .005. That's where I'm at. I think there's like the no, slightest I'm, percentage. I'm a, I'm a big fat fucking zero. Okay. I, I, I just, what else do you need, guys? I don't, it's done. It's dusted. It's over. We don't know, first of all, you, you, you talk about the non, 
New York Ranger relationship aspect of this. We don't know for fucking anything if Krasov is going to be able to secure a work visa to get the fuck out of Russia, right? That is step fucking one. I think he Whether might already that, that guy out because he was over in the NHL. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not sure. A lot of things changed since he left the NHL, right? That's fair. I don't know a lot, a lot has happened, and I'm not an expert on him. So there you go. Yeah, neither, uh, neither am I. All I'm saying is it can't be as cut and dry as his visa hasn't expired just quite yet, in my eyes. Fair. I don't think that's the thing. I don't know how the hell. I know there aren't any flights from the U.S. to Russia right now, so I don't know where the fuck he's connecting from. Um, that should be fun. That good, good private it, jet, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, funded by who? The Rangers organization. Definitely not the Rangers. Definitely not the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. So you you forget you forget about the and then you add in the jury relationship, which is this guy was the GM of Wolfpack when Kravtsov walked out, and then again, whether you think it was Lieber Hayek that kept Vitaly Kravtsov away, I know for a fact the Rangers didn't think he was higher on the depth chart than Julian Gauthier, who will never see the ice for the New York Rangers again, again this year. Greg so, McKegg is going to play before him. That's a fact. Lots Greg McKegg might be in the lineup come Tuesday. They get excited. It should be fun. But it, it's you, – you, and then, again, think of the moves the New York Rangers made at the deadline. They added three forwards, all of whom are capable of playing on the right side. Oh, but they have room for Vitaly Kravtsov? Not this Guys, year. I'm it all be for lying to yourself. Year. It would be next year. I'm all for lying to yourself. But stop fucking doing it to me. Don't make me – I'm not going to lie to you. He just, he's, he's done. He's gone. He's 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 dead. Find a new show. Move on. What are you doing? I actually love these next two questions. This is from Bran three nine four. Andrew Kopp or Ryan okay. Strom is your two C going forward. I think it's neither. I think it's neither. I think there's a chance it's Kopp, but that's only because the Rangers struck out on everything else, right? Or that the Jets have decided they don't want to move some guy like Shifley. Um, it, it has a possibility. I wouldn't feel good about it. I would not feel it, good if Andrew Kopp was I'd 2C feel, moving forward into the... Yeah, it, it's, that's not Kopp's fault. No. Nope. just... I don't... Kopp is an amazing, like, top... Like, middle six guy. Just awesome. But Now, we should... At the same time, if, like... If the chemistry hits in a way that it did with Strom... Like, Strom, in our eyes, wasn't really no, a second-line center a when he first forever. came over here. Yeah. And it, you, you look at guys like Chandler Stevenson, where it just fucking fits... And it, he, he's the number one center in Vegas, not because he's this great center, but just because the guys he plays with, it works on a certain level. So to that extent, sure, yeah, it's possible that cops that guy, but I sure wouldn't plan on it that way. That would be one of the most outrageous happy accidents that has fallen to the New York Rangers in quite some time. I like this question a lot. It's from Gump116. Is Panarin an 82-game player? And my gut reaction was yes. Because he just accidentally falls into, like, the top ten of points by, like, just showing up. But then my also gut reaction was no, because I do feel like there's some nights where he's just like, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> but he accidentally does so much because he's so good. It's a, but now, when, when, I, when I hear this question, I'm not thinking about whether – I feel like you're interpreting the question a little differently, at least. I'm taking it as, is he only good in the regular season because he's only good over a long haul? Mm, I see what you're saying. Like, would someone would someone asks me that question? Is is he like a regular season all star who is not going to be good in a small sample size? Like Jack Hughes, yeah. What? Right. Oh, you 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 really want to test that fate right now, with Jack Hughes? <laughs> you really you I really have, want? He fucking listens. You really I have want some, to I have give some him Jack more motivation? Hughes takes the slander I've been saving. Don't worry, it's coming. 
Yeah, you're, you're saving takes for a guy who, what is it? He's got 55 points in his last 49 games. Yeah, and he you're always saving... shits on me whenever we play against him. Yep. Yeah, you're saving slander for him? Oh, yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Whatever. Uh, the way I, now, we, I could be interpreting this question wrong, but the way I interpret any question like that when it's asked to me, it always comes down to, is Panarin only good because he can accumulate over a very long period of time? To which I say, no. Because I think Artemi Panarin is one of those players offensively who can make a difference without ever getting on the score sheet. It's almost like you have to, it's like in basketball, he's a guy where you have to double team him. So he's by proxy making someone else open and more dangerous to score just by being a constant threat every time he touches the ice. Um, And I, I think that's fair. Like, again, take it, take, Take Artemi Panarin's season this year, where all of us agree that he has not been the Hart Trophy nominee Artemi Panarin that we've seen previously with the New York Rangers. He he just doesn't look like the same guy, and yet he puts up more than a point a night. He Shayna posted the chart the other day where he's 11th in all situational scoring opportunities in the entire league, ahead of guys having career years, like the aforementioned Jesper Bratt. So... We are spoiled rotten with a guy like Artemi Panarin, just like we're spoiled rotten with guys like Igor Shosturkin and guys like Adam Fox and guys like Jacob DeGrom and guys like Max Scherzer and nobody on the Yankees because they fucking blow. <laughs> and it's, it's, oh, man, it's, it's one of those situations where, no, I don't think he's an 82-game player necessarily because I think in an individual game, Artemi Panarin impacts the game in a way every night, even if he doesn't appear on the score sheet, for sure. All right, with that being said, let's get to our 16-game player expert, our friend Fitz. Let's go to him right now. Transition. This episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by HelloFresh. That's right. I am an avid user of HelloFresh. We love it here at my household. We've made a ton of stuff. We've made barramundi. We've made pot pies. We've made tacos. I can't, I, we've made poblano and black bean pepper. Quesadillas, tropical black bean patties. We've made amazing, amazing meals. We even go so far as to rate them. One to a hundred. We have a full catalog here at the Mead household. With HelloFresh, you can get fresh ingredients and produce delivered right to your door every single week. The ingredients travel from a farm right to your doorstep in under a week, like I said before, so they arrive always fresh. It's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned, you're not overbuying, you're not wasting food. Like I said, we've learned how to make, I've become a great cook. I, I, I know you don't believe me. It's Ryan here. I can't pronounce anything. But I've become a great cook, mostly due to HelloFresh. And not only that, I get to make the recipes outside of when I get HelloFresh to impress my friends. Which is always like, hey, Ryan, you did this yourself? No, I, I know this because I did a HelloFresh about it. But you think it's a gourmet meal, and now I look impressive. That's why you should get HelloFresh too. How do you do it, you may ask? I will tell you. Go to HelloFresh.com slash BlueShirts16 and use code BlueShirts16, one word, for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's it. HelloFresh.com slash BlueShirt16 and get 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's it. Become an expert chef like me. Save money, save time, save convenience, eat healthy and happy. HelloFresh, BlueShirts Breakaway. Fitz, back to the show. And we're back with our first and only guest, our, our good friend Fitz. Fitz, I literally had to call you on Saturday because I had to talk about Keandre Miller and Lafreniere. How are you doing, my friend? 
I'm doing great, guys. Thank you as always for uh, having me on. It's always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, it's been a great. It was a great weekend for for agendas to be pushed. Really. Why don't you go I ahead mean, and a... explain your Keandre Miller agenda you've had for over a year now that I've uh, yeah, also I, flown with as well. I would Coaches. say probably like six months or so uh, is when I've really been pushing it. But like, I just think he is special. I really do. Like, uh, you know, last year he came in. And literally after the second game, David Quinn was like, yeah, like, it's crazy. We're not playing him in the top four already. So we're going to do that from now on. Uh, and then from day one, he's been day two. Literally, he's been a top four defenseman for this team. He hit the rookie wall last year, which is, you know, to be expected. It happened to Kako. I think it happened definitely to Lafreniere last year, too. Um, and he definitely got off to like a bit of a slow start this year. I know there's one preseason devils game that that he like had a really bad game in. and i think you know my opinion like a lot of fans have the first couple things they see even in, if it's just preseason is what kind of sticks in their head um and he definitely was like the rest of the team up and down to start the year but to me since like ever since he scored that goal against the panthers it's almost like a light bulb has went off in his head where he's like oh shit man like i'm six five i <laughs> skate like chris Kreider." there's nothing these dudes can do to stop me if I really want to just put it, put my head down and go to the net or take the fuck off the ice. And I hundred percent understand like the, I don't want to say hundred percent. I somewhat understand the criticisms of like, Oh, he's not physical enough. He gets pushed around. Like, yeah, man, he's 21, 22 years old, but he's still filling out as a, as a man. And like, to me, this is my opinion and I've been saying it on Twitter for, for weeks now, but since they've gotten back from that like mini two week break they had, um, where like they were, everyone else was like playing rescheduled COVID games, he to me has been their most consistent defenseman. Like Adam Fox is amazing, um, but like he was pretty up and down for a while there. Uh, Lindgren, he's been better the last couple games, but he was he was bad for a while in my like from what I was seeing. Um, and same with like Truba. Truba's been up and down, and I just thought like since that time he has been. I mean, you could see it. Like, if you don't see the jump he's taken in the past, like, six, seven weeks, then, like, I honestly don't know what you're watching. So, like, my agenda is that, like, he is the future with Adam Fox. You know what I mean? Like, on the blue line. Those two, I want them in pen on my defensive uh, – out of my – two of my six defensemen, I want Adam Fox and Keandre Miller for – how long did Fox sign for? What was it, eight years? Uh, seven eight years, years. Seven. Seven years, yeah. I want – DeAndre Miller to be there with him because I just think the sky's the limit. I mean, Mark Messier was on, you know, that national broadcast they had, I think about like a month ago. And he doesn't praise anything about the Rangers because he's so pissed that they won't hire him to run the team. And he was like, yeah, this kid reminds me of Larry Robinson. Like he's, he's just taking an incredible leap. So like, I, I don't know what else there is to say. Like you got the old guy who says it, you got, the numbers that say it, you got a lot of people who I really trust their opinion about the game, uh, especially, you know, our guy, Adam, et cetera. Uh, <laughs> he's been saying the, the the goat, honestly, the goat, like he's been saying it too, man. Like, so people, people have been noticing and like, I just, I just think the sky's the limit. And then Lafreniere, I mean, to me, he just, he just oozes that, that it factor. You know what I mean? Like, like him scoring after getting demoted from demoted loosely, but going down from the first line to the third line and like just scoring right away. Like that's, that's big game player type stuff. Like you're, you're the talk of the town, so to say, at least, you know, in terms of the Rangers talk of the town in terms of like 
oh my god, I can't believe he got benched. Like, what is going on? It's going to ruin him. And then boom, comes out flying scores. I mean, last night he, you know, the Rangers went down three two, and they looked dead. They looked like a, it looked like Devils game two point You know what I mean? Like where they got the two nothing lead, but then just fell apart. But he had the breakaway chance, and then he scored to tie the game, and he gave them a huge jump and exactly what they needed. Like so, to me, those two guys, you know. I really like Kako. I like Heedle. You know, I like all the other young players they have, but like those two are the ones to me. You know what I mean? Like they are the ones who will be here. And and like I don't consider Adam Fox a young player anymore because the guy won the no, guy. He's like 40 years old. He really Yeah, is. exactly. Like he's only like 23, which I guess <laughs> yeah, you know, it's according sickening. To, it's just crazy. <laughs> according to some, he'll he's already peaked, but you know, what are we gonna do about that? But um to to me, he's like those two guys, Miller and Lafreniere, they're the ones, you know what I mean? They are the future uh, of this team. And and I've just been so impressed with both of them ever since they've gotten back from that two-week break. Fitz, I feel like this this question is perfectly tailored to you. In your memory, can you remember in the Twitter era a player who seemingly sees a slight brought up against him on Twitter and in the next game goes, well, I'm going to fucking do something about that, <laughs> son of a bitch. Like, I honestly feel like Keandre Miller has burner accounts, or at least one burner account, sees one of these old heads say something shitty about him, and then his next game out, he's like, well, fuck that guy. I'm going to fucking, I don't give a shit about what, anything else I do. I'm going to fucking make this kid look like a fucking idiot. And oh, he just goes 100%. out there, does it. I can't remember another NHL player. I, definitely, I guess I can only say about the Rangers, because it's not like I'm going out of my way to watch fucking Calgary Flames games. <laughs> so I don't know what M- Matthew Kachuk is doing on a nightly basis, and if someone's chirping him. But ever, for the last, ever since the Rangers came back from their break, it's like Keandre liked every single slight, every dumb little thing that a Twitter nobody said about him and is like, I'm going to shut this fucker up tonight. And then does it. And then the next night just picks another tweet and he shuts that guy up. Then he picks another tweet and then he shuts that guy up. I've never seen that before in hockey. No, me neither. Me neither. Like, like to me, it's like one of those uh... – you know, it's like one of those Larry Bird type things, you know, like the story about how Larry Bird was like bored before a game. So he just decided to start shooting lefty or something um, like, yeah, I 100 percent agree. Like Keandre, the big thing everyone was saying to me all the time was like, hey, like, oh, he's six five. Why doesn't he hit more? Like that was the big one I kept seeing, like uh, I would say the past like two weeks or so. And then that Islander game and the Tampa game came around the Penguins game and the Woo! Penguins game. Woo! And he was yeah, Dude, there was one hit he had in the Tampa game. I think it was on Matthew Joseph behind the net. Bro, I thought it was Truba. I literally thought it was Truba. Like, he lit this guy up. He helicoptered someone else on the Lightning. And then, like I like, like you were saying, Ryan, like with the Penguins game, he had guys who have won multiple Stanley Cups who have seen it all. He had them – he was in their head. Like, that, that end of the period clip where, you know – Gensel bumps him, Gensel or Russ bumps him, you know, Gensel slashes him, Crosby's yapping at him. Like, these aren't nobodies. These are guys who have done a lot. Now, I, I will say, not to, cut, not, not to cut you off, Fitz, but I, I do feel like we have forgotten from time to time. I, I think people thought we started doing bitch or no bitch because of Bryce Harper and Russell Westbrook, <laughs> but it was actually Sidney Crosby, the guy who we started doing that shit for. Like, yes, great player. Yes, all-time one of the best to ever do it, dynamic, annoying as fuck that he's still doing it at this age. Incredible. But, but top tier bitch, like number one bitch. He he is. I mean, like he he's just annoying. He just has an annoying face, Crosby. And like, 
just looks like a uh, whiner. Yeah, exactly. If like, he was a ranger, I would worship him. Oh, I'm, oh are you kidding me, dude? I, I would have I, my I would look like those MSG commercials with all the people with their their crazy ass Rangers basements or whatever. Yes. It would just be Crosby. I have a, all I have over a Crosby the place. face tattoo on my back. Yes, I'd have 87 tattooed on every limb. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, he's oh, he's incredible. Shit. But like, he like he was in his head, man. Like they don't like him, and they were specifically going after him. He was like, okay, fucking bring it, man. Like what? And then my favorite part is that. Like anytime one of Lafreniere or Miller gets into like a little scrum, the other one just immediately comes after. They're always right there. Always. Like the Boston game a few months ago when Craig Smith like bumped into Igor in the three on three and went right for him. Once the puck was covered and the whistle blew, Lafreniere, you literally saw him look, go, he like glanced at the ref. Glanced at Craig Smith on the ice, saw Keandro next to him, and was like, All right, it's on go. Like we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna fuck this guy up now. Like I just sights on yeah, exactly, man. And like those just the, the, to me, like I always bring up the 16 game player stuff. Um, and for those that don't know, it's like a it's an old Draymond Green quote when they asked him about like the players he wanted the Warriors to draft. He was like, there are 82 game players and then there are 16 game players. And like the the thought is, you know, there are guys who are built for the playoffs. And to me, like everything I've seen from Lafreniere and Miller tells me they are built for the big moments. You know what I mean? Like they were the ones who, you know, Miller made the huge play before he even scored the goal to, like, you know, use that insane wingspan of him, his to, you know, make a great defensive play, tip the puck to cop, and then bang, right up the ice. And, like, even just reading so, or, you know, watching and listening to his quotes, you know, he he's saying the same thing like I've been saying in terms of, like, the last six weeks or so, he just feels more comfortable with the puck on his stick. So he's just adding more to his game. And I just think the sky's the limit. Like, I think he's built like Victor Hedman he's got the reach like Nick Lidstrom he's got the wheels of Chris Kreider I mean the other stuff is coming like the snarl whatever the 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 the, the jam or whatever uh that that's coming like we saw it the last week I mean so you know I just think the criticisms of him are are not insane or like unfounded they are for some people you know like but other people like Lucas um shout out to Lucas like me and him have real conversations about like things he doesn't like that he does. And like, I can respect that. But to me, if you just don't see the gigantic leap he has made in the past six weeks or so, um, I just, I just like, I, I can't help you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you've been watching. To a certain, to a certain extent, it does kind of remind me of like the narrative that has surrounded RJ Barrett a little bit this year with yes. the Knicks, where it's very clear that RJ Barrett is a different player than he was either of his first two years in the league. But because he's still not that guy for some Knicks fans, they've ignored the fact that he is on a different level. And I feel like Ranger fans, to a certain extent, it's the same thing, where Keandre Miller isn't a finished product. And if he's not a finished product, then, well, he, he's just not good enough right now. And that that's not what we're saying. It's not what we're talking about. And ignoring it is just irresponsible to a certain extent. Yeah. Absolutely. hundred percent. Like I think hockey stat minor said it best the other day. He, he said it like in a response to, to me, he was like, I think he just Keandre specifically got put into like a, not a tough spot, but like he immediately was an important piece on this team. Right. Top four defenseman right away. Bro, so I've been saying like, this for the whole year. Like he, yeah. he was two games. It was like, yeah, you're a second line defenseman now. And we're never taking you yeah. off. Congratulations. You're playing 21 minutes. And, now you're 19 years old. It, exactly. And it's like, so since he hasn't like, I guess, broken through to like top pairing people think it's like he's regressed or not gotten better and i just think that's crazy like he he's just he's just i just love watching him play like the way when i 
I've only seen them play in person once this year, and it was when they played the Oilers. Um, and like half the team had COVID. It was like a Georgiev start. Um, Panarin was out. But I remember, you know, I was watching with my dad, and we were both like, wow, man, like this kid, first of all, he's massive in person. Like the TV doesn't do it justice. Like he is a big dude. And just the way he moves is just effortless. And like the, you know, he gets caught flat-footed sometimes because he lo- he has such a long reach that you can rely on the poke check. But like, again, that all just is going to come. And like to me, these these kids going through like this type of season and then a playoff run is more important than anything else to me because, you know, I've seen Panarin in the playoffs before, not as a Ranger, but I've seen him in the playoffs before. I've seen Chris Kreider. You know, Chris Kreider is built for the playoffs. Chris Kreider is you know a I mean? 16 game player. This might he be is. his final form. Like, exactly. He's right? never like, been more 16 game than right now. Like the, and that's, that's another thing, like uh, to switch it to Lafreniere to a minute. Like I remember that whole thing where people were pitching that, like he, all his goals were like around the net. I'm like, okay, well, where do you think most goals are scored in the NHL? Like that's where they're scored from the hash marks. Watch down. Chris Kreider for like five minutes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, shit, man. We were talking about before. Watch Crosby. I mean, like for all the highlight real goals he has, he scores around the net. Like he goes to the dirty areas, and Lafreniere does that a lot. And that's been something I've noticed about him from day one. So, like, you know, I just think these two kids, you know, they are the ones. You know what I mean? They are, they are the ones that are going to be the future of this team. And I'm just like, I'm. I'm just so excited. Honestly, it's funny because like when you guys, you know, tweeted out that I was coming on someone, it was pretty funny responded. Like the last time he was on, I think was in like June and he was like, well, what's the plan? And like, I was very down on the team. And like, I think I was with a lot of people. We were very skeptical of Chris Drury and like his, his vision for this team moving forward. But man, I'm what he, he, he four for four at the deadline, man, he crushed it. I mean, Crushed it. I was I, I was watching I was looking at hockey reference before just to see the, some of the players who have played on the Rangers this year. I mean Anthony Greco, Tim Gettinger, and I know Greg likes Goche more than us, but like Goche, Greg McKay. Wait, okay. wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> what you do Why like him more than us? It's true. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because I like him one percent. <laughs> that would be more than you guys. Yeah. I don't. The Goche shit it does confuse me because he it's should like, be good. He should be good. He should. It, I, I do. There have been a lot of things on this show that I've said that are fucking stupid. <laughs> I will, I will toot my own goddamn horn. Where I do think Goche is just an eighty percent downloaded hockey player. We've forgotten to start the download again, and that's just who he is. And now it's like too late to start the download because the computer crashed. But yeah. he does every night. He does something where you're like, that's a guy. It's with his speed, with his ability to draw penalties, with his ability to get to the net, and it's like. He's gotten all that figured out, and we just nobody finished downloading the part where he actually has to finish, and or score. like has any other moves besides dipping the, the shoulder. One. You know what like I mean? The one one hand to the, the net. In his defense, it's a good move. I've seen Zoolander; it goes a long way. It looks it looks good, but it doesn't do anything. And all of a sudden, since Gauthier has gone away, Lafreniere is now on a six-game point streak. Makes you think. Very strange. Yeah. Exactly, and it's not even. It's been with Heedle and and Goodrow and like Tyler Mott. It's. Uh, I mean, first of all. Tyler Mott, I think he's 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 now like up there with already one of my favorite players on this team, man. That guy is an energizer bunny, man. He is 
fucking I'm already thinking about relentless. ways, like, how can we get him to, like, re-sign for cheap? <laughs> like, exactly. how, how do we get this guy to stay? I'm, like, two games in. I'm like, shit, how do we... I'm looking at the cap, like, there's no way. I don't know how we're going to oh, do I, this. I, it's, just, it's just great, like, to have a, a, a forward core of actual, you know, 12 NHL players now. Like, I was just look, like, I was looking at... Uh, I hate giving him so much credit because he'll throw it in my face, but Hockey Stat Minor... Uh, fifth time he's mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> did you? Did you? I got a question before you actually say what you want to say. Did you like? Did you not make enough money this weekend where now you're being paid per mention? Because this is like the fourth <laughs> different person you've mentioned. I want to know what they're paying you. Oh, oh man, let's give shout outs to them in a row. Hacky Stadminer, of... Adam, etc. Lucas. Um... Uh, I think that was it. It <laughs> was right, three. Cool. It was only those three. All right, cool. Uh, Good yeah, the price of the br- price of the brick is going up. Hello Fresh, um, our sponsor this week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he was, he had that tweet about like, what would your ideal lineup be for like a playoff game? And I was looking at all the responses just like, huh? Like shit, man. Like all of a sudden they have a lot of different options and like actual depth. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so to me, you know, Justin Braun is like, whatever. I, I really don't care if he plays or doesn't play. I'd rather Schneider play. Um, me too. But, like, getting the forwards, like, was such a key. And, like, they weren't even, you know, like, giving up a fourth-round pick for Frank Vetrano is good business. Like, I don't care about third- and fourth-round picks anymore. Like, that time is over. Um, shouldn't, shouldn't care about second-round picks either. Man. Yeah, and, and like, I brought this up. I, I think someone brought this up or a while back. But, like, college UFAs are essentially, like, third, fourth, fifth-round picks. You know what I mean? About and to the get Rangers, one right now. About yeah. To, about to Rangers, have another one. They, they will always get those guys always like they, that's been like one of the staples of their basically roster construction post like Oh five lockout, you know, Kevin going Hayes. back way back to Kevin Hayes, Matt Gilroy, even though like, you know, not all of them are home runs like VC, obviously not, not a home, home run, run at run. all. Yes. But like Kevin Hayes, Fo- I mean, Fox wasn't technically, a co- he was, a, he was going Might to as well have been. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, they're, I got to I got to give Chris Drury a lot of a lot of credit. He beat the Glenn Sather 2.0 allegations in my mind so far. So far, I think <laughs> did did he or did Jacob Truba? Like this is this is my new narrative because <laughs> all we did, I, but I, I I'm not actually going to go that. I, I actually I want to not push back on you on the Justin Braun point, but I do think whether Justin Braun p- plays a lot with the Rangers or not, I do think we lose track sometimes of how he's clearly the seventh guy. And not Lieber Hayek. The that's just a about very, to that. That's a very important roster upgrade. Yes, the Rangers made very significant upgrades with Vetrano, with Cop, with Mott. That that goes without saying. No one's going to fight you on that. But whether Justin Braun plays every game from here on out or never, he is the clear buffer between Hayek being in this lineup or not. And I got to tell you, we needed that. That was a very important acquisition in my eyes. That was a big deal. Oh no. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, shout shout out to Libor Hayek, man. I cannot believe he's still here. Survived the season. Survived the whole fucking season. Was never. I, what was he only sent down for a conditioning stint? Too? Yeah, he, he just had to get conditioned and he came right back up. <laughs> Tenderized and, and moisturized. Came right back up. That was it. And by the way, he yeah, was bad. But again, when he was again, not just it was horrible. <laughs> not not just he was sent down for a conditioning stint, not because he was coming back from an injury, but because he just he wasn't sat playing. too long. Yeah, he, he just wasn't. He playing. literally he literally hadn't played enough hockey. That was the conditioning the Rangers needed him to go do. That is fucking wild. No, it's crazy. I mean, it's not. God bless I him mean, for real, though. Good for him. I mean, he's 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 gonna get another contract from a, another team. How? From another team? What do you mean another? Team? <laughs> 
What an extension. Oh, shit, man. I, You're both fucking laughing. Why are you laughing? I'm, what do you mean? The Rangers aren't going to bring back Justin Braun. They need depth. I was convinced yeah. they were going to trade deals in the offseason. And I was convinced they were going to trade him at the, at the deadline as well. And so and I've Mills, been wrong before. Honest to God, Nils being still here is almost as big of a shock to me as Hayek. Because I, I thought Nils was gone I last was year. I thought he was gone. That was it. Not that he's bad or anything. He's clearly a very talented player. Just it's clear they want to shop him and trade him. Couldn't be more. Yeah, obvious. he's blocked. I mean, Truba and Fox are the two on the, and then they like Schneider more than him. It's apparent at this point. I mean, Schneider hasn't even been sent down since he's come back up. So it's, you know, no disrespect he's also, to Nils. He's also now ineligible for the AHL playoffs. That's how much they like him. Mm, that's a good point. They had, today was that deadline, right? No, no, that deadline was on trade deadline day. The Rangers had to, he had to be on the AHL roster as of 3 p.m. last Monday, and he wasn't. So he's ineligible. Oh, God. Yeah, they well, love him. They're there we go. But speaking of uh, going back to Gallant and the overtime, because I know this is a while ago, but I was just thinking about this a lot from not even the way he set the lineups versus Pittsburgh, but even like how he's deploying people in overtime. You could see sort of his trust kind of change and what he actually thinks, because he'll never tell you what he actually thinks in the postgame press conference. No, he's the greatest liar of all time. Like, an amazing liar. But when he ships out, like, did you really think he was going to ship out Keandre and Lafreniere on the same line in overtime together? I didn't. No, no, no. no. Why would he do that? All of a sudden he trusts them. Even then, yeah. when he sits Reeves versus Pittsburgh, and he's like, got it very... And again, this is a very pro-Ryan pro Reeves podcast. We love the guy. But it's clear he thought that was a playoff game, right? It was like, hey, we got to really take it to Pittsburgh tonight. And Ryan Reeves just didn't play. And he did that in Vegas. He did it again. Uh, I, I think you're starting to see who Gerard Gallant actually is when it comes to, hey, we have to win this game, not just set a culture. It, it's sort of like pacing himself throughout the season. And I, I think he's going to start trusting other guys like Lafreniere, like like Miller. And then also, I, I'm, I know Greg McKegg's going to come back when Ryan Strom's out of the lineup, but you're starting to see, like, hey, who do I really trust when when it's on the line? And the answer is not Ryan Reeves when that when it comes down to it. So I will be surprised if he does end up starting the playoffs as well. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, I, I know that's, like, been a big debate um, lately about, like, if Ryan Reeves needs – if, if your best forward lineup includes Ryan Reeves, I personally don't think so. Me either, um, but I love Ryan Reeves. Yeah. But he yeah, I mean, he's great. I mean, he's great. Like he's, he's a great guy to have around. He's, he's awesome. He could do all of the great things he does for the locker room from the press box. You know what I mean? Like it, it, I, I, I get why people think he should play. Like I, I personally, I don't think any team in the East outside of like, I don't know maybe Washington he'll play against a lot in a playoff series. Um, but, like, I don't think he should play against Carolina. I don't think he should play against Pittsburgh. Like, those are fast teams. He gets burned you know? against Carolina, man. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, here's here's my thing about Ryan Reeves, right? So, first of all, the myth that you need a guy in your lineup to keep other people from going after your stars, we all agree, is just not factual to begin with, right? Well, the, my favorite – one of my favorite subplots of the year has been when Carp – randomly tweets that out after like when Igor gets hit he's like that that wouldn't happen if a guy like Ryan Reeves was around <laughs> right but so we we all agree that's a myth but then I'll take it one step further think of the line constructions for the New York Rangers right if someone goes after Mika Chris Kreider is smacking a bitch yeah if someone if someone goes after Keandre either Truba or Lafreniere are stepping up and if someone goes after Laf <laughs> Keandre is stepping up. If someone goes after Fox, Lindgren is stepping up. If someone goes after Panarin, Ryan Strom will try to step up but miss the point entirely. <laughs> so it's like you, you think of how each line is constructed, and it's like every line 
there's a bodyguard to protect his mate any way you slice it. So I understand Ryan Reeves is there to send a message sometimes, but it's like, so I keep going back to remember uh, a couple games ago, Mika was going for an offensive zone faceoff. Uh, apparently went early, took a little slash on the leg, and Kreider, like, shoot him off the faceoff dot. Yeah. It's like, I'm taking this now. It's like, yeah, I don't really need Ryan Reeves if Chris Kreider's just going to do that every night. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, t- to me, like, I, I again, I understand the Ryan Reeves stuff. I get it. I don't necessarily agree with all of it. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I like, the, the tough, tough to play against thing like that, to me, is, like, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a fighter to be tough to play against. Like to me, the, in my opinion, the hurricanes are the best team in the league. And I don't think they have anybody like that really on their team, but they are just nonstop. They're relentless. I mean, they are nonstop in your face, in your grill. They're, they're turning, turning you over, pushing the pace. Like that's tough to play against. Um, But yeah, it's, it's just good to see that they have depth now. So like if, if someone gets scratched, it's not like, Oh my God, Tim Gettinger is playing. Like, what is this? Like Anthony Greco? I mean, what was going on right now? So I to to me, Reeves, if they are going for their best 12 forwards, Ryan Reeves shouldn't be in it. Again, no disrespect, Matt, but he's just like with the acquisitions they made, he just gets pushed down more. And you know, maybe he plays tomorrow against Pittsburgh, maybe not, but we'll see. Um I I'm just like I'm excited. I can't wait for the playoffs, man. I cannot Bro, wait for a playoff in. series. I'm starting to buy in. I know. I know you and oh, I spoke God. about it off off not recording, but I really am like I think if they could avoid the Hurricanes somehow, if somehow Washington does it, uh, Washington would maybe play the uh, an Atlantic team, of course. But uh, it's if they could somehow do it, like, the Hurricanes just aren't there. Oh, I no, really like, feel the it. Caps. The Caps don't scare me at all. No, like, I know it's crazy to say, but like they don't scare me at all, and like even. I, I said this to you off air too when we were talking, but like it's crazy that we're all like, yeah, bring on uh, playoff Sidney Crosby and playoff Evgeny Malkin. Like, what? What do you mean? They I'll just take put up eleven that. on the Red Wings after <laughs> <Yes>. we spoke, <laughs> and we're all like, please God, let us be, let it be them and not the Hurricanes. So like, you know, I guess this could be a careful what you wish for type thing, but like, I think the Rangers can beat Pittsburgh in a seven game series without a doubt. Like, I don't believe in Tristan Jari at all. Um, you know, the depth pieces of, of the Penguins, like they just, they turn lemons into lemonade every single year. It's crazy what they, Mike Sullivan's great. I'm a huge Mike Sullivan fan, but they don't scare me. Um, the Caps don't scare me. Honest to God, the Leafs don't scare me at all. Not you know, one there's, bit. There's no chance the Rangers get the Leafs, which is the problem because you can't play them in the first round. Yeah, that's true. So I guess, but like in the, if they get that far, you know, like, the Bruins don't scare me like they used to. You know what I mean? Even, you know, I, Tampa still kind of scares me. I'm gonna I'll, be honest. I'll, I'll push I'll push back on the Bruins. For whatever reason, they they do live rent-free in my head. I would not – I mean, I would not be – I think in order, teams I think the Rangers can beat in the playoffs, it's ridiculous that number one is the Capitals and number two is the Penguins. <laughs> like, I am, I am just so – I'm so firmly in the bag I that those two teams are the ones the yeah. Rangers can beat. And then, like, it's – after that it's somehow the Leafs the Panthers and the Lightning and then it's like the Bruins and the Hurricanes I just I I, I have no choice but to call them daddy right now I, switch, I just switch the Bruins they, they the the lightning, the and that's me. where I'm at I, I, I Hurricane and Lightning are not who I want to see ever period I don't know the, I I 
I can talk myself into the Lightning are kind of bored right now. I can't I talk can myself that. into it. I can talk. I can talk yeah. myself into they're bored right now. I'm I'm still scarred from 2015. I want nothing to do with the Lightning. That 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 playoff series is like the one that hurts the most. Still, I I, I like, you know, there there have been some devastating losses by the Rangers in the past, and it's been a very long time. It's been half a decade since they played like a real playoff series. Um, but the 2015 Lightning one will just always sting even more than losing in the cup final because that was only five games i mean getting shut out in both of your last two games on home ice i mean i i know it's like so many different guys but they just i don't i want nothing to do with the lightning i i have just i've done a master class on myself to just pretend that the only thing that happened in 2015 was i took a 10-day vacation to brazil nothing else <laughs> happened that year like not, not any, anybody else asked me a question hey what was 2015 like for you i was like well brazil was great and they're like yeah how'd the mets do i was like the who oh, and God. how about the lightning the what the, the rangers <laughs> they did what no i wasn't there i don't know what you're talking about I, that was like one of the that like a little span of time is like one of my that's like the time if i was ever going to quit being a sports fan it would have been then because the rangers lost in the cup final, then they lose in the, the Eastern Conference final in 15. The Mets lose in the World Series, and then the Warriors blew the 3-1 lead in 16. So it was like just a horrific 16-month stretch of, of sports for me. And then obviously the Jets were just terrible the entire yeah, the time. So. Terrible, so. I just, but, the, thing, the only thing I remember, well, I mean, I, I'm lying if I say I don't remember anything. But the very specific thing I remember is like the Mets beat the Cubs so early, and the Royals and Blue Jays were just like, trying to kill each other for six games. And people would always ask, oh, who'd you rather play? And I would, every time I was asked that, I was like, you know, the Kansas City Royals just don't die. And it just like, that line haunts my memory in a way that is just, I need therapy, I think, is really all I can really say to that. It's really upsetting that that David Stern wasn't like the commissioner of the NHL back then because he would have 100% rigged the series to be Rangers Blackhawks. 100%. It would have been close. He would have, I don't yeah. know how he would have done it, but it had to happen. And I know the Blackhawks would have won in four games and they would have had, they would have had 22 power play chances to <laughs> the Kings won. And that would have been it. Well, they, they almost played the Blackhawks the next year when they lost to the Lightning as well. So Yeah, that's a good point. I think they would have oh, beaten man, them it's... too. Fucking kills me. How 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 pumped are you guys though for, for playoff hockey to be back? Igor, then, dude, like... Igor, I just need to see it. I just have to see it. It's must watch television. Uh, Igor Like I I it's it's just been so long, man. Like I, I think people I, it's not like one of those people forget things, but it feels like because they made the bubble qualifying round that like that counts to and an COVID extent. COVID was like, weird. Like it was fucking. It was strange. very weird. It was there was nobody in the in the crowd like the bubbles. I throw out the bubbles for almost all sports. I mean, LeBron's got three and a half titles if you ask me, um, <laughs> because that was just insane. Uh, but like, it's just been a while. I, I just can't wait to see how these guys react. Like, like I know Mika was on the 2017 team, but he is not the same player back then he is now. You know, I I honestly think like there's going to be a moment before the playoffs start where they talk to Chris Kreider. And I honestly got to think Chris Kreider was going to get like emotional, like borderline start crying when he talks about how much it means to him to be back in the playoffs. Like he's the last person to score a playoff goal at MSG. I don't it, think, it, I, see, I don't think Kreider's going to talk. I think Kreider's going to go full, like get the fuck away from me mode. I like, he's just going <laughs> to, I, here's my thing. I actually, you guys are talking about how excited you are for Ranger playoffs. I'll, I'll be the guy who says like, I haven't processed it yet. I, I don't know if it's just the Met fan in me where I've seen too many, I've seen too much shit for me to believe that the playoffs are actually going to happen until they happen. And again, 
I fully know this is coming from a guy who has said for the last four weeks that there's nothing that will change the, the, the shape of the Metropolitan Division between now and the end of the season, which means the New York Rangers are going to be a playoff team. But I just, my mind hasn't considered what the Rangers in the playoffs are actually going to look like. I don't know if it's because like May, I understand that May is only five weeks away, but just saying the month May makes it feel like it's fucking a year and a half from now. It's all, this season has been so long, dude. So well, it, was, it long. was the it was the it was the Olympic break that wasn't an Olympic break. I like, know, it, it's, I know. It's completely warped how my mind. I understand that like time doesn't exist. It you could tell me this podcast where I'm sitting. It's actually March 2020, and yeah. the world is over. Like things stopped back then, and I've never been able to pick up the pieces again. But to that point, it's just like I don't. <laughs> I still, I, I've seen the Mets play baseball. I still think they're in a lockout. I see the Rangers essentially clinch a playoff spot. I haven't considered the playoffs for a second. I actually had to look at when the playoffs start. I, I, I would... realized the first playoff game is like going to be three days after I get back from Vegas for a bachelor party. So oh, I God, should be fine. Derek. It should be great. No, no, no. I, I, I should be okay on this one, he said. <laughs> no English. Yeah. I don't think, I've been to Vegas. They don't have the punching machines in Vegas. This well, is Yes, I well, found that, them. <laughs> maybe you'll see. Maybe you'll see a lot of the Golden Knights players around since it's looking like they're probably not. Gonna hey, hey Jack game. Eichel, he's got a lot of free time. Uh, I almost actually, feel bad for him. I honestly feel bad me for him. Too. I I don't. To a certain extent, it's funny. The guy's getting paid millions of dollars. I can laugh in his face. And it'll be yeah, funny. it is kind of funny. But if he's gonna, if they miss the playoffs, he's gonna get that that label, the the can't win with him label, locker, <laughs> the, the Taylor Hall problem game forever. Just what it is. That's <laughs> what it is. Uh. I love it. But no, I just like I, I have physically talked to Ryan outside of podcast world and discord about how we're going to handle the Rangers playoff run. And yet I am sitting here telling you right now that I have not actually considered the fact that the Rangers are going to play a playoff game yet. I mean, it's, it, I, I just looked it up. They don't start till May 2nd, yep. five, five weeks from today, which seems so goddamn and they have to, long. Like, they have like 18 games between that, which is insane. It's However, I will say it once again, it's shaping up. I know that we've been on like a blessed run recently with sporting events on weekends, but you're telling me the first weekend of May is going to be the first true weekend of NHL playoffs and the Kentucky Derby. And I won't have to deal with the Kentucky Derby delaying the start of an NHL playoff game. And I can enjoy <laughs> these two things independently. Oh my God. I'm going to, I'm going to pick and shit. Like I'm going to be able to watch an actual playoff game during the Derby. There's not going to be that four, six-hour window of where, like, sports aren't allowed to exist because the fucking run for the roses is coming up. Like, I can now – I bet on ponies and the NHL simultaneously as they're happening on two different TVs. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I honestly always forget that about well, – it's been such a blessed thing to not – I mean, I know people can't stand the ESPN coverage, but to me, just not being on NBC for the NHL anymore is so unbelievable. Huge. It's so great. I mean, they were, they were talking about the trade deadline on Scott Van Pelt's Sports Center show. I mean, just like imagine uttering that phrase like a year and a half ago. You Buddy, know what I mean? We, like, we, we, won't have, we won't have playoff games starting at noon because there's a horse race at five. Like it's, or it's, my, my personal favorite will always be the bubble playoffs during Memorial Day weekend. It was the Avalanche and the Stars. Oh, my God. It, it was what, game seven. It was on True it TV? It was game seven. Yeah, it was, it was on USA Network. They didn't update the TV guide, so it said Law and Order was playing. 
And then basically it was at like 2 p.m., 3 p.m. On a Friday or Thursday? On, on a Friday of Memorial Day weekend. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And the game was sick. It was unbelievable. <laughs> they, the Stars came back from down 3-1 in the series. It was fucking unbelievable. Friday at 2 o'clock, Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> and without the TV guide showing that the game's on. Great. Amazing. <laughs> the NHL, everybody. Uh, Greg, anything else you want to talk about uh, Talk about with our dear friend Pittsburgh? Let him go. Um, no. Cool. <laughs> uh, I, I honestly, I thought, I thought of saying something there. I just, I, I, I know, I don't have it. Well, you, you're not. Uh, are, do you, you guys don't want to hear my Jordan Pool takes? No. <laughs> 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 no, I like Kaminga though. So there you go. Kaminga's nice, man. Uh, they might have hit a home run with that one, but too yeah, bad. Everyone sucks actually, with them right now. I'm not even going to pretend to have basketball takes this year outside of that one RJ Barrett take I had earlier because I don't know if you've heard this. Fits, but the New York Mets have guys by the name of Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer. You, you don't think I was watching that on Sunday, Greg? <laughs> uh, he went six, six in. I think the Mets should just do that all the time. Just let Scherzer let Scherzer just go six innings of relief. Let him get guaranteed, it's a guaranteed win. It's a guaranteed win every time. He, I mean, oh man, the Mets. I, I know the, all this stuff is going to come back to bite us in the ass when it's June and they go on their like, you know, little three week stretch where every single one of them forgets how to hit. Are you going to go five and twenty-one? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm I'm prepared for it. But the, the thing, June swoon, man. The the thing I hadn't considered was Scherzer, and then I'll we you know we can go and people don't want to hear this part anyway. But whatever, they're going to hear it. The thing I hadn't considered was Scherzer is the guy's a maniac, and Gary Cohen's just going to talk about how maniacal he is on a daily <laughs> basis. Like the entire the entire game after Degrom left, it's just like they would show a shot of the dugout, and Scherzer is pestering Jeremy Hefter with questions. And Gary Cohen's being like, what is this fucking idiot doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, they've, they've been in great rare for all. Oh, we also have to shout out Kevin Burkhart, the legend. Oh, the, the OG. The OG, man. Good for him. Very, for very him. happy for Burkhart. Very happy to spend my Sundays with Burkhart. Burkhart and Olsen were really good last year. They were great. They were awesome. I, I, I'm happy that ESPN actually has like a good booth for Monday Night Football finally, but... I, I think Kevin Burkhart's fantastic, man. He's awesome. I like Buckingham. I also I'm happy he got him. And I, I, I yeah, hope, he's great. I hope they promote Gus and Akib Tlaib to booth number two because uh, they're Gu- fucking hilarious. Gus and Akib Tlaib are amazing, dude. It's an electric factory, that's for sure. Uh, just like Sam Rosen, right, guys? Okay. Um, oh, poor Sam. <laughs> I know. He can't see anymore, man. It's just so clear. It's, he's, he's, he's in the Sterling zone, man. And there's no coming he's back. He's getting there. It, I, he still warms my heart, and it's still going to be weird when somebody else calls the game. I don't think it's happening anytime soon. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Sam Rosen's retiring. I think he has a year or two left. But, man, uh, it's going to be weird. I think it's only a year. I think, it's, I think he's here for five more years. Really? Five? I don't I, – think of how old – I mean – I don't know how much older Vern Lundquist is to oh, Sam Rosen, but like they <laughs> stick around forever, man. He gets paid to talk hockey and travel the world. I I think he's very happy with this. I mean, life. Al Michaels is seventy seven and he's still going. Yeah, Michaels is good. Sam Rosen yeah, is seventy four, man. That's, is that how old Sam is? Yeah, he's seventy four, dude. Oh, it's how, time. How old, how old is Vern? Tell me how old Vern. Vern. Oh, Vern's like Vern gotta be in his eighties, right? Yeah. Oh my God, he's gotta be. Let's see. Vern Lundquist is 81 years old. Yeah. And Vern retired, what, two years ago? Yeah, if that. Yeah. So all I'm saying is I think we got five more years of old Sammy Sam. I love Sam. It doesn't bother me. It's just it, there is some times where he it's like, wow, Sam, this is that's pretty bad. <laughs> I, I, I do feel bad because, like, they haven't been able to travel for road games a lot. Know, so, like, I, I give him I give him the benefit of the doubt on, on those. But, like, when it's a home game and you're being like, 
Oh, there, there goes Filipino and his Keandre Miller yeah. streak. Oh, up the man, ice. It's like, Keandre. yo. Actually, <laughs> I, have, I have one while, while we're saying things. I have one more complaint. Have you guys noticed on the MSG broadcasts that their different feeds are on different like time delays? Yes. It, it drives me wild. because And I can tell it every time through either the goal Draft. song or the music that's playing in the background. Because the goal song or the music just jumps to a different audio point. It drives me fucking insane. Well, the worst is always if you're if you're ever like gambling while you're watching sports and you're on DraftKings specifically, you you'll know when something's about to happen because like they they have the like when I used to work for NHL.com, we had like the real time feed, so they're always like eight to ten seconds ahead of the TV. So like if you see your phone, they close like live betting. It's like oh shit, something just happened. Like I was out with a couple buddies like a. A couple of weeks ago and, and I, you know they asked me like they put a bet in on the ranger game and every time they were just like oh sh- we, we had the game on like whatever bar we were at but they were like someone would look up be like ah shit fits something's about to happen and then all of a sudden 30 seconds later you see uh i don't know georgiev looking like early playoff mark andre flurry lightning goals um poor georgiev poor guy man poor guy. whatever he made millions of dollars and he was undrafted so congratulations to him all right, yeah, we are yeah, we are out of here. Fitz, thanks so much for joining us. You can follow Fitz on Twitter. You know where he is. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you want me to plug anything wow. else? This, this, is, this, is what, this is what it's come to, huh? What do you, what do you want me to say? I don't, even, I don't even get the real guest plug anymore. No way. You're part of the family <laughs> at this point. Yeah, maybe maybe if you start making $5 bets, we'll start giving uh, you the real plug here, Fitz. For fuck's sake. Here we go. <laughs> All right, yeah. I, Son of a bitch. Never been more disappointed in a human being before in my entire yes, life. Yes, you have. Yeah, congratulations you work, you work all with shit. me. Relax. Right. No, 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 no. In order for me to be disappointed in someone, I have to have expectations. Oh, Sir, I have no expectations. Oh, oh, man. That's, fair. that's fair. That's just low. No, that's just low. That's honestly, low. that's like a one of, out of like three or five for Greg. That's very, very light. That was almost kind, what he just said. All right, we're out of here. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. And the Academy Award for Best Patreon Supporters goes to Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Curtulo, Adam Keach, Alex Carter, Amber Cohensberger, Barbie Chris, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Brett... Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Broadway Blue Shirt Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Stellwagen, Daniel Dezen, David Narrett, Dennis Deitz, Darian, Eric Stagg, Give Gardner a Cup, Gretzky McFly, Handel, Harris Nasco, Hip Hop Horror 89, Ian Rodriguez, Jake Berkowitz, Jerry Marquez, JD, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Justin Freeman, Justin Starr, Christopher Florida, Christoph Burke, Lazak Grokowski, Lou Giordano, Lucas K, Matthew Kine, Max Nielsen, Meatball the Cat. <laughs> Malcolm Meeple, Mike Mike Buckall, Neil Grover, pa- Pascal Pavi- Perrier, Pavel Kojarev. Pleasure meeting you, Pavel. Randy, Randy Tesser, again. <laughs> Stephen Lomayer. Uh and, and rearing up the end here. Steve, Steve Bullbox, Swingard, the Drop PK, Tom, Thomas Welsh, Tommy Sinclair, Tom Tom Ertz, fellow moderator of Rangers Twitter community. Tommy O'Neill, Twitter from Manhattan, Upstate Vin, Vinny Bronco, Vinny Hay, and Will Specter, and Winston, the Gold Retriever. Can't thank you enough for being part of this wonderful, wonderful podcast. I have to tell you. Uh, I've really bought in on this team. There was something really special about that win versus the Pittsburgh Penguins on Friday. Not that I need to tell you this. You know that. Uh, but when you're at a game like that, when MSG is a playoff atmosphere, when you're sitting there and saying, uh, I can't believe we scored three minutes, three goals in three minutes. There's something so special about being at a sporting event and turning to a stranger who's just sitting next to you. Like you don't know them at all. And all of a sudden you lock eyes on the third goal. And you're just going to hug now. Like, you know it's like an agreed-upon moment. You look at each other. You're both strangers. You have no idea who they are. And all of a sudden, you're embracing with them, jumping up and down. 
there's something so amazing, so special about that. And that's exactly what happened on Friday night versus the Penguins. A team uh, just looks totally different. I I think every trade that Chris Drury did was, uh, I, I want to say, like, I don't want to say perfect, but a great value add. Like, they're, he's gotten so much impact already for such little price, which is what all you can ask, right? Um, but the Rangers are on, they're on something special right now. And I can't, we talked about it on the podcast, but I can't wait to see them in the playoffs. And especially Igor, I, I said it earlier on the show, I can't stop thinking about when he chucks the puck down ice three times in a row. It's just a, I'm here and you have to deal with me a moment. It's, it's, it's something you don't see very often in hockey like that, where it's, I'm going to do it until you can stop me. And the answer is you can't stop me. Uh, only I can stop myself and my mistakes don't bother me. And that's Igor Shesterkin in a nutshell. So I'm ready for the playoffs. I know it's a couple weeks away. We have a lot of games to go through. There's two Pittsburgh Penguin games. I believe there's two Carolina Hurricane games and one game against the Washington Capitals, which is the last game of the season on April 29th. So we have a lot to get through before then. But honestly, we, I, I, we should end the season now and get it started because I'm ready to roll. I'm sure you are too. All right, that's it for the show today. We'll be back for BSB OT on Thursday afternoon. Love you guys. Bye. Explore Beyond the Stratosphere in Museum of the Bible's compelling exhibition, Scripture and Science, Our Universe, Ourselves, Our Place, in Washington, D.C., open now through January 15th, featuring artifacts from trailblazers in history like Isaac Newton, Nicholas Copernicus, and hidden figures like Dorothy Vaughn. This exhibit guides you through groundbreaking discoveries and thought-provoking questions. Come and see how Scripture and Science have shaped our world. Get your tickets today at museumofthebible.org.